Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really, regardless of what you do, um, being aware of what's going on on the media front is all of our business. It has a profound impact on the way we look at things. We have an, it has an impact on, on business, certainly on government. And uh, I, I, love to, uh, I love to converse with that with really smart people, uh, including my one, this, this segment, who's not only smart, but just one of my favorite people to talk to, Baya Unger-Sargon. She is now the opinion editor of Newsweek. You know, uh, she has been a deputy editor for quite some time. She just recently got a promotion, and I'm so excited for her. I'm not, you know, I, I even told her before the uh, segment, I'm proud of her, like I had anything to do with it. But, <laughs> I, yeah, I am proud of you and happy for you, and I think Newsweek is so lucky to have you. First of all, that is like so kind of you to say. Um, you know, we've been at this for over a year now, um, and I have to say your interest in my work is very um, validating because I don't have a background in economics. I don't have a background in business like you, but I, uh, you know, you, you, you are such a an authority on these topics that have become increasingly important to me in my quest to give voice to the working class. And so when you say what you're doing is important, that makes me feel like it is. Um, even though I, I'm speaking for other people who also don't have a background like yours and don't have that um, authority to speak. So all of which is just to say, um, I think you have been very influential to me and very important in my quest to do what I'm doing. Um, and so when you say you're proud and when you say that it's meaningful, that means the world to me, Kevin. And thank you so much for your validation and thank you so much for having me on your show. Always. Favorite part of my month. I, I look forward to it. I get a I get an update every uh, Monday of who to look forward to. And so I'm like, all right, bye you tomorrow. It's going to be a good day. And it always is. And I'm excited the fact that uh, you and I have a mutual appreciation society of two that uh, that I can't imagine being on a better uh, in a better society than that. So thank you so much for that. Okay, uh, and, my and, and I have to say just what, what, one more thing on that point, which is that um, I think we agree that you know um, capitalism is extremely important, but is um, I think insufficient. And I, I, I tell me if you agree with me about this, but one of the things I'm finding, so I'm reporting my next book, which is about who is the American working class and do they have a fair shot at the American dream. And what I found is that the capitalism piece has been extremely important at raising wages in a way that is very, very surprising and counterintuitive for a leftist like me. So, for example, while Bernie Sanders was out there demanding a national minimum wage of $15 an hour, the free market overtook him to where 80% of Americans now make at least $16 an hour or more. So the free market overtook the democratic socialist demand just through supply and demand. And now a lot of Americans, including um, millions who are employed at Amazon or Walmart or Starbucks, are making $17, $18 starting wage. So they've never seen that kind of money in the service industry before. That was pure free markets. The problem is, is that you can't buy with that money the standards of a middle-class life because housing and health care and, and retirement have become astronomically more expensive. So even though wages are up, what you can purchase with those wages is things like a flat-screen TV, but not a home to put it in. 
So it, that's why yeah. I say, you know, the free market is important. Capitalism is important, but insufficient to guarantee a middle class life. That's kind of where I've landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we have similar views. To keep it simple, what you just said is $16 isn't $16 five or six years ago. Right, exactly. And so, yeah. you know, inflation, uh, you know, and demands on the economy. And uh, I, I think, you know, fundamentally, I, I'm a free market guy mainly because it's efficient. And the kind of stuff that Bernie Sanders talks about, uh, imagine how we would limp, limp along if we did it the way he would want to do it, that is, raise wages. Right. Uh, the economy would become even more stagnant. It would limp along. You know, and what I argue, you know, as a guy who's a recovering hardcore right-winger, <laughs> what I argue <laughs> is that we need to spend more time exploring the third way of extremes between the hard left and the hard right. And I think there's, that's where probably most, most of the truth is, is how, on how to navigate things like the economy, I think. Totally agree. Yeah. Okay. My most exciting thing about, you know, I'm so grateful that I do help you with your work, and, and uh, you certainly help me with mine. You give me so many aha moments that, frankly, I write articles about and talk about on the radio. So you're fueling me. I appreciate it. But the most exciting thing I, I, I have in mind when it comes to you has to do with how you, what you have done and what the team has done, your predecessor there as well, has created an environment of approaching news media that frankly isn't being done anywhere else in the media. Uh, it, it is one of the truly, um, let's challenge whatever conventional wisdom is. And that's a really hard place to be because the vast majority of Americans seem to want to buy content that mirrors their worldview. They want to buy an echo chamber. chamber. And uh, you simply, there, Newsweek, I think you've taken a decidedly different approach with an eclectic team of opinion editors, for example, that uh, are, are pretty much uh, all over the place in terms of different perspectives and, and looking for guest writing that uh, doesn't necessarily support your narrative. And other media look at that and go, oh, look, it's a right-wing media. Or, you know, a, a conservative media go, yeah, Newsweek's still crazy. They're all over the place. They don't even have a consistent worldview. Well, what if your objective wasn't to feed people a worldview, but to give them lots of perspective and to encourage them to think for themselves? When I look at Newsweek, that's what I see happening. Um, that is so wonderful to hear because that is 100% what we're trying to do. Um, I became the opinion editor about a month ago, and the first thing I did on day one was create the daily debate. So now if you go to the Newsweek homepage, the first thing you're going to see under the top story of the day, there's a top news story of the day, and right under that, in the place of pride, the daily debate. Every morning, my team and I sit down and figure out what is the most important story of the day, and we get a debate up by the evening every single day from two points of view, competing points of view on the issue. We did a debate about whether drag shows can ever be family-friendly. We have a debate up right now between an electrician and a truck driver about whether college should be free in the United States. We had a debate up over the weekend about whether climate change, fighting climate change is crucial to fighting for racial equality or whether climate change activists are actually the most racist people of all because they want to deprive people of color across the world of cheap energy that would get them into the 21st century. We have a debate up every single day on incredibly important issues. 
um, it, does Trump deserve to live the, out the rest of his life in prison? Or is this the most dangerous indictment in history? And is the indictment going to make Trump even more popular? You know, these are the debates that people are having around the country at their kitchen tables. And we are reflecting that at Newsweek. And the idea here is not to say we don't have an editorial position. It's to say that we trust the American people to make up their own minds. And the most important thing you can do is expose them to the way other people think in the context of a safe space where they're also seeing their own view and so they don't feel erased, which is why I think people are so angry all the time is because we feel erased. And so when you see your point of view there, you then feel open to somebody else's point of view. That's what we're trying to do here. And I got to tell you, our audience is loving it. People are reading these debates. They're enjoying these debates. And I, I, I could not be prouder of this work um, that my team and I are, are doing um, because I think that this is how you stitch back together the fabric of American society. The idea is not that we should all agree about things. The idea is that a healthy democracy should be able to sustain a debate about when life begins and whether abortion should be legal. If your democracy can't sustain that debate, you're in real trouble. And the problem is that the leftist elites who control the media don't believe other people should be exposed to the views that conflict with theirs because they are insecure about their views. They are insecure about their ability to convince people that they're right because they're not right. <laughs> and because they've lost the ability through cancel culture and through, through silencing people they disagree with, they've gotten lazy and dumb and forgotten how to debate. And so we're reviving that at Newsweek. You're right. We're the only people doing it. Um, and I, I could not be prouder of this work. Yeah, and, and what's I think, you know, you're talking about how people feel good, they feel validated because they see a perspective that resonates with them. They see it in direct comparison with one that they don't agree with. And exactly. each is written by people who passionately believe what they're writing. And that is so crucial. It's not Newsweek saying this is, you know, uh, one perspective and, and this is uh, uh, the other perspective. And, of course, you know, it's, it's written by people who, who uh, and I don't just mean Newsweek, any media that tr attempts to do that. It lacks the passion, the focus, the drive that happens uh, in the type of style you have chosen, which is so much more powerful. I love it. The daily debate is one of my favorite features in any media. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, I think that's the point is like, we're not doing some sort of like flabby middle, you know, like, oh, everybody agrees, everybody's on the same page. No, we're adults. And we're adults who can disagree. And, and that's, that's the thing here is like, we're not aiming. The, the, the point is not, I mean, there is a lot of consensus, right? There is much more consensus. Americans are way less polarized. Than, than the elites are. I mean, study after study finds this. They're less polarized on issues like jobs, where Republican working class people think there should be a jobs guarantee, and they think there should be a minimum wage, you know? That, that conser they're conservative on, they're, 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 they're left on that, just like, but, but when you ask um, working class people or Democrats, they're, they're anti-abortion. They think it should be legal for 12 weeks and not a second longer, right? They're, they're, so the, the, there is huge consensus on major divisive issues. At the same time, there are legitimate debates about the most important issues, and, and, and we should be able to have those. We shouldn't be afraid of having those. We shouldn't be scared to say, hey, you know, I'm not so sure about this issue. And, and that's what we're trying to bring to our audience is, we're trying to bring back the art of civil discourse and debate and say it shouldn't be scary to hear from the other side. If you feel strongly about your opinions and you feel that they're informed, you should be excited to hear how other people think. 
You know, we're not trying to be somewhere in this um, non-committal center. We're trying to say that there are healthy debates happening across this country and we want to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always love talking to uh, my guest, Fatia Ungersargon, a great friend of mine and great friend of the show. Uh, she is the opinion editor at Newsweek. So, what a, you know, that right, right from day one, what a great contribution in, in uh, providing that debate uh, format. Talk about some other things you'd like to see happen in the uh, months to come. Oh wow! Um, well, we're you know we're getting, we're keep you know definitely we're watching we're following the the, the election cycle very closely, um, you know trying to give voice. This is something that you will not see in any of the other liberal outlets to people who support former President Trump and and understanding why they do and where his support comes from. That is, I mean, what could be more important than understanding how you know 75 million Americans feel? Um, about the country, the direction this country should go in. And so we're very committed to that. We're looking at all of the, you know, Biden challengers as well, demanding that, you know, he, 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 he submit to a debate with them. Um, we ran, um, um, uh, candidate Marion Williamson demanding that and, um, you know, trying to elevate the voices of people you don't normally hear from. Working class people will always have a home in our section and just really trying to bring back this concept of debate and civil discourse. Um, and, and the idea that more unites us than divides us, which is a view that you can only have if you've put in the work to hear how the other side thinks. That's really the core here, finding common ground through exposing ourselves to how other people feel. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, you just really hit on something that uh, is rarely talked about, which is empathy, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, us understanding others, understanding their perspective. We don't have to agree with it, but each person has a narrative that is profoundly impacted the way they think, and we don't need to dismiss it, and we certainly don't need to be cool about it, and uh, I think uh, there's a lot of stock, a lot of conversation about diversity in our culture, uh, but the one diversity I think that matters most, which is of opinion, is one that's like taboo. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yep, could not agree more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, am, I for one, look forward to it. I love Newsweek. I love uh, the fact that you take a decidedly different approach. I'm tired of redundant media. Uh, I have no problem with opinion media. I get tired of it. You know, frankly, you and I talk about new, uh, um, not uh, what is it called? News Nation. We both like News Nation. I like new Na- News Nation. In many respects, on TV, it's probably the most reasonable TV network out there. But I hate this this unbiased and objective. They're not unbiased. They're not objective. That doesn't really exist. That is a pipe dream. Uh, you know, are, are they less biased? Yes. Are they center right? I think so. Uh, do we need center right? Oh my God! Have you seen Fox News and Newsmax? Of course we do. Um, but uh, but. I <laughs> I, I like a diversity of opinion when we need more of that. And that's really kind of what the Newsweek is all about. And you've been doing it for a long time, and you've only added to it. I'm very excited. Can't wait to watch. Um, but, yeah, always love having you on. Always look forward to it. Final thoughts as we wrap it up. I could go on and on with you. I'm like, going, oh, my God, I've already talked to you a, a lot, and I know you're a busy <laughs> person. And I want you to keep wanting to come back on, so I know it's time to wrap up. Final thoughts as we do begin to wrap it up. Um, I agree about News Nation. I did. Um, uh, Dan Abrams has a debate show once a week, um, and uh, the Friday show, which pre-records on Thursday, so Orthodox Jews like me can join. And um, that was really fun. Um, we really got into it on some of the big issues. It's just it's where it's at. Debate is where it's at. If CNN wants to refine its footing, 
have a debate show, you know, that's sort of where I think where the energy is. People really do want to see it. You're right that some people are ensconcing themselves in, um, you know, their liberal bubbles. But I, I find that there's much more openness to debate on the right. Newsmax um, will have people from the left on all the time. Fox News has shows that always have a debate panel. And then, of course, the five that always has a Democrat on it. Um, so I, it's funny that, you know, the center right seems to be where the debates are happening because CNN, MSNBC, they'll never have a Trump supporter on. And um, so, you know, keep, you know, wherever you're, 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 you're likely to find debate, that's where the honest journalism is happening. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, that's interesting. You, yeah, yeah, you continuously surprise people just like uh, I do too, because uh, I have a reputation, like I said, hard right, and uh, I'm much more center right with a libertarian streak. I think is the best way to describe my worldview now, and I think the truth is everywhere, which I think makes everyone uncomfortable. It's all over the ideological perspective, and we have to do the work to pull it out. So always love having you on. Always appreciate your work, and look forward to our next visit. Me too. Talk to you soon. Be well, Kevin. All right. Bye, Uncle Sargon. Make sure you check her out over there at Newsweek.com. Oh, oh, bye, yeah. Yes. I think I lost you already. Oh, no. Your no, book. I'm here. Make sure you mention your book. How do people get your book? One of my favorite books on the media. I'm sorry. I meant to do that at the beginning, but I was so excited just to start talking. Oh, you're so kind, Kevin. Yes, it's called Bad News, How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy. And it's basically about how we got to this situation where it's so hard to find debate in the media, why the media got so woke, why the leftist media got so committed to these far left ideas that don't really represent anybody except a tiny sliver of progressives, but why like the entire liberal media is caught up in it. Um, it, it explains that process, the historical process that led to it and why it's so dangerous and how to, how to change course. And you can get it uh, anywhere books are sold. And it's a phenomenal book. I think it's one of the most important and authoritative books on the problem facing the media today out there. Make sure you check that out. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. Stay tuned for more after this.